this show is a little off the beaten track, and it may be unexpected and surprising. So, taste it and enjoy. We've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a match. Oh, boy! Here we go! Are you kidding me? Out of the gates! This is not happening! By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig! Oh, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your host for the next hour or so. We'll talk a little bit of Disney and have a little bit of fun. Got a great show coming up for you. We're going to answer some burning questions. I call them my magical burning questions. These are questions that we get a lot from people about Disney travel, about what to do and how to plan and things like that. So we're going to kind of address those. And I say we because my good friend Aponistar Jen is going to join us on the show. We'll, we're coming, uh, she'll be coming up in just a minute. We'll kind of discuss that. We'll talk a little bit about California Adventure, maybe some of the new stuff coming as well. Uh, you know, kind of our hopes for the future and just uh, all the Disney stuff that's fit to print. You can find me online, of course, magicodollar.com. It's my website. Go to the podcast tab, and you'll see all the links and notes and show notes and things like that. If you want to go back and see some previous episodes, you can go all the way down there and see all the show notes for everything we've done thus far. 87 episodes, I believe. We're uh, rocking our way towards 100. Yes, we are. And, of course, I'm also a podcaster on the Deucecast Movie Show. It is a movie podcast, which we release episodes every Wednesday. We've got some great shows coming up. Favorite movies of the decade, that's all coming up. We'll be talking about Disney movies as well as other movies, too. Because guess what? There are more movies than Disney movies. Fun story here is I was doing the the recording, uh, which I talked to Jennifer earlier this morning, and we kind of recorded some stuff. And as soon as we got off the line with her, I started to kind of wrap up that and to get on some other things. I got a got an email that says basically Mickey's Runaway Railway. The fast passes are available now online for all trips starting March the fourth and beyond. I was able to log on immediately onto my own account. I have a trip coming up in March. I got fast passes for my trip. I got for two different days. I'm really excited about it. I was able to actually log on. Of course, I am a travel planner, so I was able to log on for a few other clients as well and get their fast passes for their trip for the uh, Runaway Railway, which is exciting as well. So all that's coming up and uh, just breaking news, basically. Breaking news that I'm glad I saw. So I was able to get that, and that's what happens when you're a travel planner. And we'll talk about that too because uh, we get a lot of questions um, from people who ask how to be a travel planner. I I help my family all the time plan stuff. I help my friends all the time plan stuff. I'd love to get paid for it. We address that later on in the show as well. And it's it's a good conversation. I mean, it's, you know, it it does kind of sound like we're steering people away from it and we're really not. We just kind of give some of the realities of some of the things that we do as, as travel planners. And this is not an infomercial. For Aponistar Travel Concierge, that's my travel agency that I work with. This is not an infomercial for that, although it does sound like it because we're travel agents and we talk about uh, travel planning. We don't try to sell our services a ton, but we do try to answer some of those questions of how to plan, when to go, what about the crowds, what about the memory maker and the dining and stuff. We get to all that stuff. So we're going to jump right in here. Let's turn it over now as we talk to Aponistar Jen. And on the phone with me once again, my good friend, my boss, and my good friend, Aponistar Jen. Hi, Jen. Hey, David Dalla. How are you? How are things up in uh, Pennsylvania up there? Uh, cold, rainy, gross. Yeah, it's, ra- it's rainy here, too. A little cool. Well, okay, so what's the temperature out there right now? Like, what outside? Currently what's outside, it is 39 degrees. Nice. It's about 51 outside here, so we got you by a little bit. That's you know what I mean? By a lot, take that. It's supposed to get up to, like, the low 40s today so we're gonna get a touch warmer but not where we're gonna get down to the upper 40s so we'll almost we'll, we'll almost meet in the middle somewhere we'll meet in the middle except by that point mine will probably be down to the low 30s probably Ugh. probably so so you were with us at disneyland i uh-huh. say with us i was actually with you i guess we were all together at disneyland and of course last yeah. week was the disneyland show and um real quick just a touch base your disneyland your, your thoughts on disneyland the whole trip itself oh uh gosh. things you love things you really loved i mean kind of give, give me some highlights real quick Oh, well, I just love Disneyland in general because I love that it was the original park. I love that Walt walked there. I think it has a really special feeling because of that. So if I'm just completely going with nostalgia and, um, you know, giving me all the feels, Disneyland is totally my jam. Oh, yeah. I love, I love it. it. So I loved all that. It's one of those things where, and I hear people say this all the time about Disneyland, especially Disney enthusiasts, Disney historians, people who love Disney and nostalgia. They use those three words, Walt, Walt here. 
Yep. Like, I don't know that there's anybody, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that you can look at and say, oh, this person was at this place, at, you know, back, back 50 years ago, 100 years ago, and have, have such a, an amazing emotional reaction as Disney fans do, and as I do when I look at yep. Walt, Walt here. Because I was actually standing on Main Street. Well, we were actually touring the Disneyland Hotel, and the lobby, the, all those amazing pictures of the old oh, days and things I like that. Oh, I love and that. And on my Facebook page, actually, in my cover, there's a, there's a picture of Walt with his hands on his hips kind of looking down. Yeah. And I actually, before I saw the picture, I was, like, I remember the picture, and I was actually on Main Street at one point, kind of in that same spot. I didn't have my hands on my hip, but I was just kind of standing there thinking to myself, this Walt was standing right here. He was standing in this area walking this, and just, it's... It is one of those things. You know, I don't really know what to do with it. I'm not walking around going, "Hey guys, guess what? Walt was here. Walt was here." But it's just you're just standing there thinking to yourself, "This is this is where he was." And now I'm standing yeah. right here. You know, 60, yeah. 70, 60 years later, this is amazing. And I don't know of anybody else, anybody in history that has that kind of that gives that kind of a reaction to people. It's true. You know, yeah. You know, I mean, people go and see the John Lennon thing where he was shot. That's kind of morbid. Um, um, you know, people, yeah, but I mean. You know, they'll walk the, the Selma, the, the bridge in Selma where Martin Luther King marched. And that's for a completely different reason. Right. You know, for a so, different kind of history. Uh, you know, and you go to different historical sites and stuff. But just being in a theme park and going, Walt walked here. Yeah. It's an amazing ranch. It really is. It really is. It's, so. it's incredible. And um, so, yeah, I love that. And then I love being there with a bunch of my favorite people. So. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. We really had a good time. Which is great. So um, there's something that I also read, too, that I want to kind of bring up to you. Have you ever heard of a black box ride? A black box ride? I mean, right. if you start describing it, I might know okay. what it is, but I've well, not heard of it Well, you will know like what that. this is as soon as I start telling you about it because I think Universal has a lot of these. And apparently, rumor has it, uh, and it's from a website, from a Disney website that I look okay. at a lot, but I'm not going to mention because it's not one of my favorites. Sure. Um, but they talked about a black box ride and disney wants to build these in california adventure because it's basically a ride building that's the ride itself would mostly be projections and screens and things like that with a trackless ride system you could reprogram and you could basically reprogram this entire ride weeks maybe even days now universal has this i've, I've often think that huh. universal basically like they put an attraction in they'll put the transformers in then when they're done with the transformers you know about six o'clock tonight they've got something entirely new in there they just Pull stuff out and put stuff in like immediately. Really? So Disney have this because the Avengers campus is going to open, I think, sometime this summer. Not the Spider-Man ride, but the campus itself is going to open sometime this summer. So all the meet and greets that are over there in Disneyland, where they have the Monsters Inc. ride, there's the PhilharMagic, and you have those Universal meet and greets. I'm not Universal. Marvel meet and greets with uh, Captain America, Black Panther, uh -huh. Captain Marvel. You yeah. know, they're all going to move to Adventures Campus. So you're going to have that whole area over there in the corner where there's nothing. Um, and uh, the, the Monsters Inc. ride is there, but there's also a building next to it that's not being used and things like that. So they're trying to – that's the Hollywood land is what that's called. And so they're trying to figure out what to do with that area. And so apparently they're looking at putting in a black box ride. And so they could change this out. So let's just say that Soul opens up in June for Pixar. Let's say they want to do a Soul ride. They could reprogram the track, trackless car or maybe change the cars out. They could reprogram the screens at the projection. So you're riding a three-minute ride through the, the, the whole movie of Soul. And let's just say that in 2021 they come out with something brand new. They come out with, I don't know, whatever uh, whatever space – movie they come out with and they could put an entirely new system into that ride you know in a, in a week yeah. or two like, change the theming change the projections whatever suddenly you're in a brand new same ride just a brand new theme brand new everything um i think that's kind of cool actually that actually <laughs> is i mean i definitely see how that would be a good idea right because it make it fresh yep you know they call it they call it black box because basically it's a warehouse with projections and screen services like a blank black canvas and you can put props and figures in with limited movement to try to, you know, offset just the screens and stuff, but they would just change them out. I think that's amazing. I think it's, I think it's a great idea because as much as I do joke about universal, they, they move things fast. Um, you know, the fact it's going to take till 2023 to build Epic universe kind of shocks me because right? I think they'd, have it, they'd have it done by August because they're universal. Nothing would work for the first six. No, months, I mean, it would be completely open. a hot mess, but exactly. But people will be staying in line for eight hours. At least they have it open. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, uh, at least so they can say it's there here. Is a, there is a there is a five or six hundred million five or six hundred million dollar budget allotted to California Adventure to to do that corner of the park, um, to finish all that, and also to, to finish Adventures Campus and things like that. But uh, you know, to kind of get all that stuff done, uh, you know, we'll so we'll see what happens. California Adventure. Um, and so the final question before we kind of get to our, our our main stuff that we're going to talk about is mm -hmm. so okay, so campus is getting done in the California Adventure, right? 
we're we're getting the uh the the Tron ride opens next year. Epcot's yep. going to get finished. What's next? What do they do? They do, where do you Ooh. think they're going to go? What what's going to be after? So after the fiftieth, after Walt Disney World, what's next? I mean, what, I mean, th- once we get like through all of Epcot, I wonder if they're not going to maybe focus on. Well, and this, this has been a rumor forever, so who knows? Right. I wonder if they're going to maybe try to add another country or maybe switch some of the other countries to have different. I mean, just kind of like they're up. Let's call it upgrading France. They're right. adding the Ratatouille ride. You know, they're upgrading the UK. Well, now what's going to happen to, like, Germany? Like, they don't have an attraction. But right. But they could have an attraction. So, you know, does that make sense? Possibly. I could I could kind of see an argument for that. I could see an argument, and I've heard, again, rumblings of maybe expanding things in Animal Kingdom. Now, whether it's, you know, doing the Pandora universe or adding some sort of a different element. Because they have plenty of land over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could definitely do something, you know? Right. Right. So. I, well, and I, I'm thinking the expansion of Pandora, I think, is all going to depend on the success of the new Avatar Absolutely. movies. Absolutely. If the new Avatar movies are hugely successful, uh, like two and three will be really, really big, I think they'll look at putting a third ride in that in that Oh, direction. yeah. Definitely. I think, and I'm, this is a prediction, this is just me, because I host a movie podcast as well, so it's not that I right. have my, my thumb on the, the pulse of moviedom, but I, I kind of have a sense of what's coming. You know, I don't think Avatar 2 is, I think Avatar 2 will be big, but it'll be one of those movies that will make a lot of money, but won't be very good. Yeah. Kind of like Batman yep. versus Superman. Um, <laughs> yes. And I think 3 is not going to do well, because I don't know anybody, I don't know a single person, and I know thousands of people, I don't know a single person that has told me, I'm excited for Avatar. I nope. love those movies. I know yep. people who love the movie. Oh, for but sure. Nobody is like, I cannot wait for more of this universe. It's just, it's not, you know, it's a, it was a good movie to begin with, but it, does it warrant yep. two, three, and four? And I make, make, I could be completely wrong. Those may be amazing films. I may walk out of Avatar 2 going, that was the coolest thing I've seen in years. I don't know. But I, I'm afraid that if it doesn't do well, I don't know that they're going to do much more with Pandora. I don't or, know. If they will. Yeah. They will separate the two. They will say, that's the movies over there. We're doing our own storytelling, our own universe in Pandora, which I kind of yeah. wish they do anyway. Right. And say, you know, stories that happen here don't affect Avatar the movie and, and vice versa. Um, yeah. Because honestly, the only the only connection for people who don't know much about Avatar, the only connection to the movie that you really see are the blue people in the, in the Na'vi. Yeah, in the, the Na'vi. You know, you don't see them out and walking around a little bit um, very much. You know, you see props and everything from the movies and you see, you know, the, the different storytelling from the movies. Mm-hmm. But you don't see a lot in, outside of those two attractions, which I guess Navi you see. But right. even then, you just see creatures and you see the, the, the shaman at the very end. And so, you know, I think they could easily kind of separate those stories from the movie itself. I oh, no, definitely. No, I, I really think that they could. I, I think and, they could. And I really wish they'd go ahead and put some new countries in there. I feel like this has been a rumor forever, and oh they should God, just right? you know because there's room for at least three new countries, I believe. And it wouldn't shock me to see a country drop out and have a new one put in place. I mean, I don't know. I mean, do we you know do do we really need Japan? Do we really need China? Do we really need Morocco? You know, I don't know. I don't know that they would get rid of any though. No, probably. I I don't think they would. I think if anything, they would add like, and we've talked about this, like, you know, mm-hmm. like a Brazil. I've heard. Yeah. Um, I've heard Puerto Rico. I don't. I mean, that's technically in American territory. Right. But, well, I've heard I Spain. Mean, I've heard Spain, Spain. And, and I've heard Australia as well. Uh, I know that they are talking about adding an Africa themed uh, themed one. But when they opened Animal Kingdom, they decided Africa had an entire land, and so yes. they decided to do an Africa right. pavilion or whatever. But you know, um, and for those listeners over in Japan and China and Morocco, yes, we do need you, and I do like yes. your pavilions very much. So I'm not. I w- those are the first three that came to mind. So I wasn't dissing those countries. I'm just making sure I'm very clear about that. So, so, so Jennifer and I are both travel planners. We both are travel agents. We plan trips for people all over the world, all yep. over the place. And so one of the things that we as Disney Disney planners, because we don't work for Disney, we work for right. you, the people. Correct. Um, but we work with Disney. A lot of times we get the same kind of the same questions over and over and over. And we kind of have to answer the same questions over. Not that that's a problem. Because one thing I've learned is there are a lot of people who – I take for granted how much they know about Disney, and a lot of people don't know anything about Disney. Right. They want to go, but they don't have a clue. So a question that seems so basic to either one of us might be like, I'm asking you a trigonometry question, and I'm thinking you're asking me two plus two. You know, but we have to remember, they don't know. So right, I have exactly. a couple of questions. 
for you, Jennifer, that, that people ask me, and I know they ask you as well, and I thought we could kind of talk through them and get some answers. So for people listening, they would kind of have their questions answered. Yeah, so the first sure. question is this. Uh, Jennifer, when is a good time to go to Disney World? When is a good time? So should I give you the cliche, anytime is a great time to go to Disney World? You know what? Let's do the cliche first. Okay. Anytime's a, anytime. a great time to go to Disney World. Okay, but like legit, my first question to those people is always, well, what's important to you? Are you asking me the best time for cooler weather? Are you asking me for the best time with lower crowds? You know, what is your priority in that case? Because that's not always the same thing. Well, and the three that I kind of give are the weather, the crowd, and price. And then price. Um, And a lot of times it's very hard to have all three of those things simultaneously line up. Very much. Maybe maybe the end of January sometimes. Maybe like early October sometimes. Um, And I would say I would argue more like mid-September. Right. But it's but still going to be hot. It's hot. Yeah, it's, it's hot. hot. But it's, you know, that's that's kind of a, that's a tricky one. So I always have to say you're probably going to have to give on something. Well, and a lot of times <clears throat> when we ask that question, the, the follow-up question for me is, okay, well, when's the crowds the lowest? When are the lowest crowds? So what about low crowds? And are there low crowds anymore at Disney World? Um, whew, that and that's a tough one. Disney has done a fantastic job, and you know this, filling their parks. Yes, most times yes. of the year. I mean, that's why we for so many years we saw free dining in the fall, and now we're not seeing it as much. Well, that's because fall got to be full. People are like, oh, look at all these great things, you know, in the fall. There's food and wine. There's the Halloween stuff, you know. Then into November, you've got Christmas. So that's keeping the parks full. Um, with the marathons, you've got special events keeping the parks full. There are, though, a few times that in general, I can say it's not as busy. Now, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. You don't have a crystal right. ball at some right. point. You know, it might be like, you know, if everyone catches on, those weeks might become busier but you you want to keep it a secret yeah right exactly so that's why we're going to podcast it um (laughs) (laughs) yeah the end of january i do like you mentioned i do find to be a good time in general holidays are over you know we're not um you know there's not a marathon going on there's not necessarily a special event pricing does tend to be lower weather tends to be cooler sometimes the weather can be cold you know so if you're someone who's like i don't want to freeze i mean well i've been there in a pea coat you know in january in gloves it depends um other times of year i would say i like early may it is getting hotter so i can't say it's totally cool but early may does tend to be a nice time for crowds and pricing is pretty good then too um september for pricing and crowds i think is Mm -hmm. good um, also late August, but again, you're going to have the heat. It's you know, hot. And you, it's, there's hot. Not, it's, it's Florida in the summer. It's, it's Florida hot. in the summer. There's yeah. nothing you're going to be able to do about right. it. If you just accept right. it for what it is, then you're going to be fine, you know. Yep. And then there is a little sweet spot, usually, at the beginning of December, after Thanksgiving, not the week after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. not the week before Christmas. There's like a little sweet spot in there. That does pretty well. So typically, it's well, like I have found actually the week after Thanksgiving, especially if Thanksgiving is a little earlier, uh, or actually a little right. later, like a little it was later. last year, the week after Thanksgiving, and that first week of December um, ish, maybe till like December 7th, 8th, something like that, uh, because people have already gone for Thanksgiving right. or they are going for Christmas. And so people aren't going during those middle the middle weeks. Now, eventually they will start going, and the crowds will start getting heavier and heavier as December rolls on until you get to Christmas, which is. By the way, the most expensive, the busiest time of the year. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it's crazy when somebody asks me, you know, what about Christmas? I would think it would be a low time because everybody would be home, and of no. course, I like I, I my 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 brain scrambles like what? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What just what? Um, but again, that goes back to who you know, people don't know. Um, and I agree with you on know, all of that. February is a kind of a key month because I think if you get in the right time in February, and that's the last week of January, early February, you've missed the marathons. You miss Martin Luther King. Cheerleading camps typically typically go on in mid February, so you want to yes. avoid all those. I would say by seventh or eighth of February, you're done. Um, then you start getting into the spring break. So there is kind of a small sweet spot into February, early March, be- after cheerleading, yeah. before you know if you want to take that quick weekend, maybe a couple of days here and there. Uh, you know, then spring break rolls in, then it's busy. Uh, Easter yep. comes in, then it's busy. Yep. Early to mid-May before Memorial Day yep. kind of slows down a little bit. A little bit. But it's, you're right. It's getting hot. Summer, you know, July is not bad. It's just hot. August it's just is, hot. It's hot. 
Yep. It's not September. Exactly. The whole the whole month of September is great. I've also found too that Labor Day is a great time to go, because again, people have already gone for summer, and so they're not going. They just got their kids in school, so they don't want to take the kids out after being in school for three days or a week or whatever. Um, you know, or they're going for Thanksgiving or Christmas, so they're they're not going to go Labor Day. So Labor Day typically is a good time. Having said all of that. Yeah, uh, I believe that there was somebody in one of the groups on Facebook. I don't know if it was with our group or whatever, but somebody had mentioned that that, that one of their their families uh, had gone the past week, last week of January, and said it was so busy they could not believe how busy it was. And I thought to myself, well, there went that one. <laughs> there went yeah, that one. and that's and be, so, but again, look what they've been doing the past several years: Festival of the right? Arts, right? And because that was a slower time of year, it is now. Yep. You know, it's yeah. Well, and it's it's you know it's a two hundred and sixty billion dollar company, and despite the fact their website doesn't work half the time, they're very smart when it comes to marketing strategies and figuring out where the holes are because that's what free dining was. You, let's yeah. let's find the resorts that need that need filling, and that's why you know Coronado Springs is going to have free dining, but Pop Century yep. is not. Why? Because Pop Century is full. It's or, full. It does. No, they don't need the help. They don't exactly. need the help, and that's, and that's why the thing. free dining was sixteen days out of this entire year <laughs> so yep. far. Uh, you know, I don't know if they'll do it again at all because they may not need to. And just, I mean, quite honestly, if you want my gut, my gut says no. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't want to say, you know, because they did that kids free dine thing for a bit right. too. Possibly we'll see some sort of a modified if they need something. I really, though, don't think. The, the free dining that we know it. and love is no. gone unless something happens. And, and God forbid, this is what happened after 9-11 early in the, early in the century was the recession hit. Disney had to do something. So that's why yes. they came up with all the promotions of free dining. Correct. You know, God forbid anything of that magnitude happens to bring our, our economy down, which is right. What, so I'm hoping that never happens. But having said that, Disney may never bring free dining back again. They may not have to because there's so much going on right now. So and the, free the answer dining to the question of it's really changed. Yeah, it really has changed. It's really, it's really changed. changed. Yeah, yeah. So the lower and, and what I tell people too, there are no low crowds anymore. No. There are lower crowds lower. As compared to some people. It's shoulders. We call it shoulder season. Yes. yes. But there are there are very few weeks out of the year when you're going to go. Oh my gosh, the park is just empty. And yeah. maybe it's empty first thing in the morning, but it won't be empty by eleven o'clock in the, right. in the day. And there it, are times where it does get better, you know, like or you yep. might have a random day. Like I will say, I love going on a party day. Right. I love it. It's fantastic. Because people leave, or exactly. people go to the party, or they they arrive later, and that morning is pretty key. Pretty, that morning is like you can just like walk on stuff a lot of times because people are planning their day accordingly, and that makes sense. So as long as you don't care, you're right? Like, okay, rock on. So here's another question uh, that people ask a lot of us travel agents: Do yeah. I need a park hopper? Do I really need a park hopper? Well, how much is it? Well, it's anywhere from seventy to eighty bucks per ticket extra yep. for you know, for your for your trip. Whether you go three days or a week or ten days, it's going to be sixty or seventy bucks. So for a family of four, may cost you two hundred fifty three hundred dollars for yep. a family of four for a park hopper. Do I, Jennifer? Do we really need a park hopper? My answer to that is always: Is this your first time? And how old are your kids? Because honestly, if you've got little ones, very likely if you go for enough days, we can plan that you don't need that park hopper. Right. Do you right. know what I mean? I would say, especially if it's your first time, let's save the money and let's put that elsewhere. Um, because just in reality, you're not going to feel like park hopping with a stroller, etc. Right. Now, if you're a seasoned Disney goer, you actually probably will want the park hopper. <laughs> you know, because you know right. I'm going to go... To Epcot in the morning, I'm going to hit X, Y, or sorry, maybe like Hollywood Studios in the morning, I'm going to hit X, Y, and Z, and then, but we want to eat at Epcot multiple Correct. nights. because you always want to eat at Epcot. I'll say because there's so many, delicious. oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> right. So again, that's really, and that's kind of where a travel expert can help you too. Yeah. Like we're going to help you determine, we're not going to tell you to spend money that you don't need to spend. No. I will no. frequently tell people, listen, would I like it if they added the park hopper? Yeah, because that's more money <laughs> in your package. But if you don't need it, I'm going to tell you. You probably don't need it. Yeah. Well, I've and, and I've talked to people, not really talked people out of the park hopper, but I've given them the reasons they don't need it, and you know, and I yeah. will tell them flat out, I would love for you to get a park hopper. I think it'd be fun for you to have a park hopper, but I don't think you need it for the extra three hundred bucks for your family. Exactly. And here's why: because you're right, with the small kids, they you might be done by eight o'clock in the evening with your small children. Yeah. Uh, park gets open until ten or eleven, and you know, Magic Kingdom will take you all day. So chances yep. are you're not going to leave Magic Kingdom regardless. If you've got, let's say, a four-day trip, so you know, you're at Hollywood Studios, maybe you're done by midday, maybe afternoon or whatever, you might park hop. Um, Animal Kingdom might take you all day. Epcot will take you all day. And so really you pay $300 extra to park hop once, 
maybe twice for a four-day trip. I don't know if you need it. But again, you're right. If they're seasoned or if they have teenagers, let's just say Ah, they've got a a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old, those kids aren't going to bed at 8 o'clock in the evening. They want to stay up until 11 or 12. Suddenly, leaving Hollywood Studios at 6, let's go head over to Epcot because they're open late until 11. We're going to party all night, party as late as we can and go see Epcot Forever or Harmonious whenever it opens. Right. That park hopper is not a bad idea because you can park up and it gives you the luxury and the freedom Absolutely. to move around. I think it's it's a great convenience. I like when people have it because it makes planning so much easier. But right. that said, it's not always necessary. Right. Right. And and I think it is a matter of what I tell people. And I never I never tell people about, you know, what you can afford, blah, blah, blah. It's always for me. It's what is it worth to you? Is it worth that money to have mm-hmm. the ability to park up and knowing you're going to do it once, twice, or with your older children, you probably will do it four or five times. You may jump around all over the place or you may do, you've been to Disney a couple of times. What if you did a four park challenge? We did four parks in one day. How much fun would that be with you and the kids? Try that. And you have a park hopper. Yeah. And so it's, you know, so you could always do some different things with that. And so I think that it can be worth it. Yep. If it's worth it, if that sure. makes any sense. No, so, it does. It, it, and it really, so it really depends on your family. Have a conversation though with your travel advisor, saying like, "Do I really need this?" And you right. know, sometimes they can craft it that you don't. Exactly, exactly. And because again, we don't work for Disney. Disney's not paying us to get more money on your thing. And one of the things, and this is behind the curtains, I know that that uh, whenever we call Disney, we say, "Hey, we want to book a package for a client. Here's the client's information, and blah blah blah." They are they're paid to upsell. Do you want to add insurance yeah, for this amount? Exactly. Do you want to add the park hopper? Do you want to add flights? Do you want to add memory maker? Do you want to add blah blah blah? You know, and we don't do that. We we we'd love for you to spend as much money as possible, but we also don't want you to spend the money you don't need to spend because Correct. you know, I want to make sure you're you're comfortable with what you're paying versus getting down there watching every single penny. Oh my gosh, we we have to split that because we've already overspent on this, that and the other. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that at all. Right. Just you know, get what you need and whatever. So another question. Jennifer, do we need a dining plan? Do oh, we need a dining plan? It's one of my favorite and, questions. And, and, you know, and you notice for the audience, these questions are very broad and very basic, but that's but that's how they're asked of us because they don't know how to – people don't know how to ask these questions. They right. don't say, well, we want to do this, this, and this in terms of dining and that in particular, so should we get a dining plan? It's usually, do we need a dining plan? Right. Well. And, <laughs> well, and again, this is where I like to have a conversation with my clients. I say for 95% of families – especially first-timers, especially, I mean, even honestly, repeat people, for 95% of the population, it's a good idea, legitimately. Now, whether it's a quick service dining, if you're someone who's like, and I have clients, they're like, listen, I just don't want to be scheduled. I don't care about a character meal. Uh, My kids are, you know, my kids are teenagers. We just want to be able to eat when we want to eat kind of thing. Then, okay, great. A quick service plan, is that that might work for them. I have a lot of people, though, they're like, oh, we can do character dining every day. We want to do, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because those meals per person, if you're paying out of pocket, forty-five to fifty dollars at a yes. character buffet. Yeah, Easy. and that's no matter how much you eat. Whether Doesn't you matter. Get one tiny plate of three nuggets and a, and a waffle, or you right. eat seven plates. And I've done both. Yep. You know, it, same price. Same price. Same and so you could use a dining credit on that. And if your kiddo is under ten, you're paying twenty. What is it? Twenty-seven or twenty-eight dollars right yep. now? Yep. It's it's not more than it's not really more than twenty-eight dollars. Right. For so right there, you've already saved twenty dollars on that child at that yep. character meal. Just for that meal. Just that for that meal. meal. That's so. for that meal. And plus you're getting two snacks. That's average mm-hmm. of six dollars per snack. Plus the quick service meal. And now, like for I have clients who really love this and I have clients who don't care about it, but it can include an alcoholic beverage. Yes. And that's Which that alone, that itself 15, can cost you eight, thir- ten bucks. It's oh, with thirteen what you get. to fifteen, depending yeah. on what you get. So it's like, it's huge. And even as an adult, you're paying. It's still less than eighty dollars for the regular dining plan. It's right. seventy some. I can't remember the exact. Well, and the the you know. the enormity of the of it. You know, if you, let's just say you go for six days and you look at that, and the dining plan will add. I mean, realistically, it can add like thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred dollars to your total for a family of four. And you look Absolutely. at those numbers, and you're like, oh, that's. What's one thousand four hundred dollars in food? We're not going to eat that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Believe <laughs> if, me. And you're and you're you're absolutely correct. If and, and one of the things I do is I ask the family about what they want to eat. Uh, how how do you want to eat? Do you want character meals or do you want just a sit down meal here or there, or whatever? Or you want to just eat as you go? Because I, I, like personally, I love the quick service plan. 
I do because it's it's not as expensive. Right. It is. It does give you the freedom to eat whenever you're ready to eat. Uh, and I have been behind, and I can speak. I can t- testify to this. I I remember being at Sunshine Seasons on two different occasions. One, I was behind one family, family of four. They had two kids. One was a teenager. One was like six or seven years old. And they they had like two trays full of food. Uh, you can tell they were sharing food, and their bill for the four of them was like thirty five dollars because they had like w- like two entrees and like you know waters and I mean maybe thirty five forty bucks. So it wasn't much. They were eating pretty cheaply because they had planned that out. There was yeah. another family on a different occasion. I was behind. It's the same kind of family dynamic. A family of four, two kids, um, and they each had their own tray. And I kind of just observed as they were ringing it up ninety six dollars for all four of them to eat oh at a quick gosh. service meal because they each oh had an entree. They each had a they each had a beverage. They each had a dessert. They all they had the whole full meal. Now, why they didn't pay with the dining plan, I don't know. Maybe they didn't have it, whatever. But that would have saved them a ton of money being on the dining plan for that. The the downside of the dining plan, of course, is that it is a lot of food. It is a lot yeah. of food. And if you're not that hungry, you go and sit down at Rose and Crown. It's suddenly like, well, I can't really get an appetizer because right. we're on the dining plan. So I guess I'll get the fish and chips or I guess I'll get blah, 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 plus my dessert. I'm not really that hungry. The upside right. is if you go to Rose and Crown, you sit down with the dining plan and go, instead of going – all right, honey. Um, how much have we spent on, on our food budget? This okay. So why don't we? Oh, I really want that. Why don't Why don't we split this? You can. I know I don't like it as much as you do, but it's okay. It's fine. We'll split this, right. and maybe kids will. You You kids decide on one dessert. We'll do one dessert. We'll each have. You can just go. You know what, uh, Mister uh, Mister Server person, uh, give me the steak. I'll take the steak. That's what I want. And this is my side. And here's my dessert. I'm gonna eat like a king. It's wonderful. And I've done I've done both of those. Our family has done the same thing because my wife and I, we we both love to eat. Um, but we eat different things. And so yeah. for us to decide on the same plate is very hard sometimes. We, sure. like one of us, one of us has, one of us usually has to compromise getting something that we only like and not really love at Disney versus we just all point and we're like, we want that. That's what we want because, yeah. you know, and th- the food is paid for to begin with. Exactly. So, and it just, it's less stress. It's like that. Honestly, yeah. that helps your budget. You're yes, not going saying I only have this much to spend on food. You're going knowing this is paid for. I can just right. enjoy myself. Now, just a, a few a few myths here. You don't have to have a dining plan to get dining reservations. Absolutely not. So if you don't get any dining plan at all, and I've had families do this. They're like, you know, we don't really need a dining plan. We'll just take some snacks, whatever. But we would like one sit-down meal somewhere. Not a problem. We'll do that. Absolutely. Well, you know what? You're going to eat what you want. Here's your here's your cost, your total. No dining plan included. But on Thursday, we've got you down at the Hollywood and Vine for Mickey's uh, M- Mini's, for uh, Mini's seasonal dining. Seasonal dining. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Or blah, 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 you know, Cinderella's roll table, um, that kind of thing. And so not a problem. You don't have to do that. And, you know, what I tell people, too, is that do you want character meals? If you don't, then let's talk about the cost of the dining plan, because character. if you want several character meals, you want the dining plan. You, you, the flat, you just you want it. You, absolutely. Um, That's what I tell if you people. Don't, if you don't want a bunch of character meals, let's talk about it, because here's the pros and here's the cons. And, and I'm a, I'm. I'm the kind of planner. I think you are, too. We will never tell a client you do want this or you don't want this. It's more of a. Here's the reality of what it looks like. Here's the pros. Right. Here's the cons. Yep. I think you would benefit this way, but I understand if you do it this way. And so Yeah. And know. I and that's what I usually say is if I were you, this is what I would do. Right. But what do you think based on the information I've just given you? Exactly. What questions do you have? Things like that. Because it's it's almost like we're listening to our clients, listening to our families to figure out exactly what, what they want. Right? That's in that's that's revolutionary. Right. I don't, okay, I don't so, understand. Two more, I got two more questions, and you may have some here, but okay, Jennifer, do we want the memory maker? What is the memory maker? Do we really want that? Oh, memory maker is the best photo package. It includes your on-ride photos, some on-ride videos for certain locations. Mm-hmm. It includes every like anywhere you see a photographer, you can stop, get a photo. They will do magic shots. They will make it look like Tinkerbell is in your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, they have. It's amazing. And so people are like, oh, $169. That is free, unlimited digital downloads. I have families that have gotten 500 photos. We have gotten over 600 on a week. Like a couple, weeks, a couple of years ago, the, our highest ever was like 670-something photos in one week at Disney. Because we took in pictures of everything. Week. Yeah. And there is, there is something to be said. Let's, it, it, again, experience. At the end of the day. We're, we're at um, – this is several years ago too because this is before Pandora was there. This is when it was Camp Mini Mickey. We were about to meet Mickey Mouse and his little regalia, his gear. And my wife has this really nice digital camera that she carries around. It's 5 o'clock. Our kid is like 2 at the time. He's tired. He's a little grumpy. He's kind of sleeping, whatever. You know, We get up there, and I, I start pulling the camera out, and my wife was like, you know what? Don't do the camera. Let's just take the picture, and we'll be we're, – we're good. Because she was tired, and she didn't have to worry about, like, hey, can you take my picture with me? Here's my phone. Take the picture, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the PhotoPass photographer just took the picture, and we took yeah. several shots of it, and we had it on, our, we had it on our, our mobile device like an hour later. 
it was amazing. It was wonderful how fast it was. Um, and I, what I ask people simply is if you want the memory maker, are you a picture taking family? If you are, you want the memory maker because despite the cost, the mm-hmm. photos you're going to get are amazing. Every, yep. if you walk out of Buzz Lightyear and decide you want the photo of your, you, you and your, you and your boo on, on, uh, doing Buzz Lightyear or whatever, that's going to cost you 15 bucks. Easily. And let's just say you got you and, and, and your friend and your other friend on Space Mountain. That's going to cost you 15 or 20 bucks easily for a five by seven versus you do 10 of those. You've now paid for yourself, pay for memory maker pretty much. Uh, exactly. So yes. Yeah, it's, I, I, I think, think it's worth it. And I mean, some people are just like, no, you know, I'm a photographer. I like to take my own. Okay that's, okay, that's fine. You don't have to. But it is a good value for people. Yep. And again, it just kind of makes it all inclusive and it makes it nice. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Final question that I have. And and I well, actually, before we get to this one, let me ask you, do you have any questions? Is there anything that you, off the top of your head that you hear uh, from clients that we need to talk about? Honestly, those are the big questions that I get asked as well. I don't I can't think of a single thing okay. that you missed that I get on a regular basis. I mean, sometimes people will ask me about the dessert parties. Is it worth <laughs> it? And I say the one that is, is Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, because I mean, and also, yes, also to the Epcot one because it includes the ride on Frozen. Um, so that's, that's a nice one too. But uh, because of Main Street, like I'm just so over the crowds on Main Street for the fireworks. <laughs> I just, well, I really okay, am. So, and this is a question because I don't actually know the answer to this. The dessert party, when we did the dessert party many, many years ago for the fireworks, we, we saw, we ate the desserts and saw the fireworks from Tomorrowland Terrace. Is that still the case? That or is. Or do they. Or do they let you go somewhere else to see the fireworks? Because my concern is you don't get to see the projection show. Ah, um, or you see, don't get to see projections of the castle. Now, now they have the terrace, mm-hmm. and which you can see them. You're just a little off center. But they also right. have the garden viewing. The ah. garden, you eat the same desserts. You just don't have a seat at the terrace. Right. And then they escort you up to, you know, those garden areas. Yes. Yep. yep. Which yep. are astroturf. They're not real gardens. Fantastic. Oh, but it's but they're it's, so beautiful. They're, they're gorgeous. gorgeous. I love. Them. Oh yeah. And so you're going to stand, but you're going to be standing not, you know, armpit to armpit with people. Right. Right. And which know. is something nice too. At the end of the day, especially for, you know, in July, it's been 92 degrees all day. You've down 17 bottles of water. Spent 85 bucks on water. Which, yeah. by the way, water is 350 to four dollars a bottle. That's a great use of snack credits right there. <laughs> it really is. Um, I don't try to do a lot of drinks with my snack credits. I'd rather get popcorn or cotton candy or something that costs five or six bucks. But I will I will go through four or five bottles of water in one day on a busy hot day at Disney World. So, um, oh, sure. That's good to know about the, about the dessert party. Final question, and, and I get this a lot, and I think you do too, and anybody yeah. who is a Disney travel planner will get this. Hey, you know – I would love to be a Disney travel planner. How do I do that? <laughs> How do – well, no, here's – okay, so here's my problem with this question. Number one, it's not that I have a problem telling you how to do it. It's – number two, I don't know how the, that I know how to tell you how to do it. But three, especially if it's somebody local, I'm like, do I want you to be a travel planner in my <laughs> church when I'm already a travel planner in my church? I, I love you, and I would love for you to be happy, but – yeah. I kind of like the fact that I'm the Disney guy at my church. So. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? Well, and then I think what people need to realize is we make it look easy. Mm-hmm. It's just like anything. Um, people see the highlight reel. They see our Facebook pages. Oh, my gosh, yes. they're at Disney again. Oh, my gosh, they're having fun doing this. Oh, you, you know, you're having fun all day. You're getting to deal with Disney all day. Yes, it's blessing and it's wonderful and we love it. However... What you don't see are the hours we work. It's not abnormal for me to put in 80 hours a week. And even minimally, in order to start building your client base, you know, you have to pound the pavement, so to speak. I mean, the Facebook world, the social media. And it's competitive. And there are people who will be gunning for you. (laughs) And, you know, at the same time, it's also not something like people like, oh, I just I need I need a job. I'd like to work from home. Okay, that's great. You're not getting paid until somebody travels. You're also, you know, subject to, you know, it's, it's not, this is not a salary position no, at all. Commission. It, commission this is only. a commission based and no, it does not cost the client extra. So before you, you know, freak right, out right. is that you are going to pay the same amount. Either Disney's going to keep it or Disney's going to give it to your travel planner. Well, I, to add to that, Disney incorporate, especially Disney. And I think other places do this too, but especially Disney, they incorporate a small amount to give to travel agencies for yes, travel planning. They do. And if you don't use a travel planner, they don't. They don't look at it, oh, well, you're going to save blah, 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 $100 or whatever because you didn't use a travel planner. They just keep it. No, they, they just don't, keep they that just amount. Keep it. They don't, exactly. So you're paying the same amount regardless. Regardless. You know. It's not, you're not winning by, you know, not booking with a travel professional, right. quite honestly. Um, you know, we make it easier. Right. But that said, you know, 
I'm answering texts from clients, you know, if people are in the park, if people are having issues, you know, you're, it's kind of like you're a 24-7 on call. Or if somebody's final payment is due, if someone's fast pass date is Christmas morning, guess what? I'm doing those Christmas morning. Yep. You know, that's that's how it is. I've done them Christmas morning. I've done yes. them. In fact, for the past three years, I've had I've had um, either dining or fast passes on Easter. I, I've had I've had both dining and fast passes this past Christmas. Actually, Christmas Day, I had dining and fast passes. I was up at four thirty yep. in the morning yep. on Christmas Day. Yep. Um, you know, my kids still asleep. My wife's still asleep. I'm downstairs on holiday working working yep. on fast passes and dining because Disney doesn't doesn't go. It, oh, you know, I know it's 180 days at Christmas Day, but it's Christmas. So let's back that. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh no, we're, we're at work. No. It's you know, it, it's and it's like you said, especially at the beginning, you've got to you've got to pound the pavement. You've got to get it done. My first. My first year was 2013 when I kind of did started doing travel. I think I did four the entire year, as opposed to I had four families at Disneyland, Disney World last week, you know, right. in one week. Um, and so it, it really is a matter of just, just it's it's hard work. It really is. It is. It really you know, is, and it's worth it. It's worthwhile. We love it, but remember, it looks easier yes. than what it is. You're not yes. seeing all of the back end work. Absolutely. And, in. you know, last year, 365 days, I probably worked 360 of 365 of those days, oh, yeah. at least put in an hour on my computer. Absolutely. I take my computer on vacation. I Absolutely. sit in my room. I work I remember, every vacation. I remember in May, I had a ticket for Magic Kingdom that evening, yep. but I was actually in my room for an extra hour trying to take care of a Cinderella's Royal Table, which I did, yep. by the way, got that taken care of before I left the room. Uh, yep. I remember, you know, I've done the, the my, my family and I were at the beach club, this beautiful resort, and the wife and the mother-in-law and the kid went on to the park because I had to take care of something, uh, you know, there yeah. at the, uh, at, and, and on the a laptop. Promotion, because, a promotion exactly. dropped at my last exactly. one, and there were technical glitches. Well, not the last yep. promotion. It was two promotions ago. Yep. I was in the room until 1 p.m. My husband was out riding rods. Yep. Now, this is not to say that we don't like what we do. This is not a complaining. These are just the realities of what we do. Right. And that's not a like, oh, my gosh, feel sorry. for No, we choose to do this. This is our job. And we love doing it. And I love doing my job. And I don't mind firing up the computer at Disney World for an hour and knocking something out real quick. Absolutely it's, not. it's a different work environment. I get that. Okay. So let's just say that, that you've talked to a person and somebody has said, hey, Jennifer, you know what? I've, I've watched you and I know all of that. I know all of that stuff and how hard it is. And 90% of the time you're actually behind the computer versus being in the park or whatever. I'm okay with that. How do I get started? What would you suggest for somebody to say, no, this is kind of how I want to get, how, how would you get started on, on what do you, what do you, who do you call? Where do you go? What do you do? Well, you want to look for um, a travel agency that is hiring. I right. mean, so, and there are some, and you want to be very selective because yes. I will tell you, <laughs> there are some great agencies out there and there are some not great agencies yes. out there. Yep. Um, so you want to talk to them about, okay, what are your expectations? What kind of, um, you know, what do you provide in terms of support? Because there are different levels of support. There are some that provide nothing whatsoever. You're going to pay a, a fee every, you know, yep. every month and you're, yep. you know, basically that's going to let them cut your checks for you and, you know, you know, kind of like basic questions you might have an online forum. And then there are some that provide a lot more support, you know, provide opportunities where possible, you know, for like I said, like we had an agency retreat, obviously not mandatory, but, you know, a lot of people chose to come on it because we all like right. each other and we wanted right. to be together, you know. Right. But you also have to be willing to invest not just the time, but also money into your business because mm -hmm. yep. it's it's not free. It's, no, it's, not, not. it's not free to get yourself started. Um, but if you, you know, research different agencies that are out there, talk to people who work for them, you know, and then mm -hmm. see, are they willing to hire you or, well, willing to give you an interview, you know, Correct. and then and then you go from there and then you have to see, is this really something that's for me? You know, and, and, and finding out about the agency is, is huge. Well, you can do it yeah. on your own if you, you want to. You can do it on you your can. own, for sure, uh, absolutely. You, you start it, but you also have to pay upfront costs of insurance and things like that. You can't just – it's it's – you can't just go up and say, hey, guess what, Disney? I planned this guy's trip. So I, I booked it for him. I paid for it. So, uh, you know, can you give me submission? That's not how it works. I mean, no. you have to go through the insurance part, the certification part, and all that yes, stuff. Yes, you do. Once you get through all that, you can do your own thing, which is, you know, you as an owner, you'll know that's not always easy. Um, right. Or get on with the agency. I've been a part of three agencies, which I'm a part of Alpana Star Travel and Concierge now, and I love it. Uh, I've been, it's going to be your the, last the, one. The, that's fine. The previous one was fantastic. <laughs> uh, just incredible experience. The one before that, not so much. I walked away from several hundred dollars because there was some some things going on in the agency that weren't on the up and up and I had to make some decisions to get out. And so, you know, it's 
not everything is is perfect, and you do need to ask the agency that you're looking at. So, what kind of yearly fees do we have? What kind of insurance do we have? What does my contract look like? How about monthly admin fees yeah, for email things that, like that? Because all that will cost you money. It will all cost the, you money, and it varies and the, from agency to agency. So, yes. everyone is different. And the first year, you're not going to make much money the first year. So you may end the year at a loss before you actually get going. Um, it's Is it worth it for me? Absolutely. I love what I do, and I think you do too. And I think uh, we have yeah. 20 people on our team that love everything they do. Some do it full-time. Some do it part-time, and that's okay. Um, but, you know, it is one of those things if you want to be a travel agent uh, with Disney – you know, you just have to go through all those things to find out. It's not just a matter of firing a computer and filling out a form, and there I'm. I'm a travel agent. It's not like, hey, I bought a camera. Now I'm a wedding photographer on Facebook. Y'all contact right. me. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. Um, but if you, if you truly have a passion for it, if you truly want to do it, I've helped my friends all the time, and it's it is more than just I help my friends all the time now when it makes some money for it. Um, it is more than just that. Yeah. Um, it is. But if you truly have that heart for it, then yeah, definitely reach out to an agency and find out. Hey, are you guys hiring? How can right. I get on? What can I do? And just kind of kind of see. That's the best thing to do. That is definitely but, the best thing to do is just to reach out and you know. Some some places even like on their websites have you know like a, an inquiry button. We do not, yep. um, for various reasons. But right. you know we still do get people who reach out from time to time, and you know you just have well, to and, be. And you also have to look at what environment you want to be in. There are some agencies that have hundreds of agents in them across the country. Uh, there are other agents like ours. It's kind of small, and you know we're very selective about who we bring on, and yep. that's okay. There are some agents that are they're small. They want to get bigger, so they will hire a lot of people. Other agencies are large, but. They don't want to hire. They, they've, they've reached a higher capacity. You just have to reach out if you know people. Um, and if you, I, I would say if not just if you know somebody who does it, but I would say if you know somebody that actually know them and you trust them to say, hey, give me your honest opinion. What do you think I should do? You know, have that conversation with them. I have a lot of people reach out to me. And a lot of times it is simply find an agency, inquire, look at the financial part of it, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. versus somebody who's a close friend of mine that might say, I want to, to do this. Then I would have that like a longer conversation with it because you know I know their heart and I can tell, okay, I think you'd be good at this. Or, you know, with your life that you're going right now, I don't know that you'd have time for this and blah, blah, blah. So, mm -hmm. you know. So there are our burning questions for, yes. uh, for travel plan. I think this was great. I think hopefully people can get a lot out of this and kind of get some some questions answered. Um, if you have more questions, if you think to yourself, you know, I came onto this episode with one question and y'all didn't touch on it, email me, magicondollar at gmail.com. Or if you're like, you know, I would love to get a trip planned. Now that I know these things, I know whether to get the dining plan or not. And I know not to get a park hopper, but, yeah. but I do want the memory maker. You know what? Magicondollar at gmail.com. Also, Jen, uh, Jennifer, was it Jen or Jennifer? It's Jen. Jen, is it J-E-N or J-E-N-N? Two N's Two because N's. I'm I, special and fancy. I, I think that whenever I address you online, I will interchange those all the time. <laughs> you I do, do and it's okay. A lot uh, of people do. But, but <laughs> Jen at uponastartravel.com as well. You can find her. You can find either one of us. And, you know, um, isn't it crazy that we only do Disney? Wait, no, we don't only do Disney, do we? What else do we no, do? We don't just do Disney. We do cruises, all inclusives, Europe, Hawaii. Um, if, what? Yep. If you or Australia, New Zealand, it, literally yes. anywhere in the world. We even have folks who um, love you have a specialty in Asia. Um, yep. That's on me, but other agents in the agency do. Right. You know. Well, and it's is when I was with the agents when I was with the group last week uh, or or two, was it two weeks ago? My gosh, oh, time my goes by so wow. fast. Um, but I was I was asking them specifically, what do you specialize in? What do you so I will know if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want a trip to, to the Arctic Circle. Right. Who do I call? Who do I talk to? You know, and so you know, if if you call me and I can't help you, you know, we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna make it work. We're gonna make it happen. But we 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 got it. So I know this this entire episode seems like it's been an entire infomercial for Upon a Star. That's really not what it, what it was. But we had to throw in the plugs at the end. Uh, Jennifer, yeah. thank you so much. Where can people find you online where they can see all these wonderful pictures from all around the world? Oh, at Upon a Star Jen. That is me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can see all my my photos. Um, and then of course Upon a Star Travel. You know, we have like a main page as well yep. where we feature lots of destinations. Right. Right, and mm -hmm. your 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 wonderful husband Brady is also a music rock star. He which, is. by the way, by the way, that picture with him and the other dude, where he's like on his on his knees with the red shoes, and the guy's oh, got yeah. that picture is fantastic. That is one of the coolest pictures I've. It's just the picture looks cool. Um, just tell him that. Tell him I think I will. That picture is <laughs> like I don't even like I don't even I don't even know the other guy, and obviously I'm not married to Brady, but I would frame that picture and put it by my bedside just because it's a cool picture. <laughs> so, that is that is actually his um. His cousin, believe it or not, love it. Yeah, love it. And so he's a super talented uh, guy. Well, for the for the uninitiated, what kind of music would you hear from Brady, and where would they find it? Um, you would find it at bradynovotny.com, and it would be so it's 
rock and roll, but like kind of like a little bit hard rocky, um, but like shred guitar melded nice. with flamenco guitar and world music. Righteous, so, I like that. It's really cool. It's a very different vibe. It's getting literally it's critically acclaimed and it's getting rave reviews um so his album has done quite well but yeah you can find all of his resources on bradynovotny.com including upcoming shows etc some of the music videos some that feature me so you can see me there too and if you're somewhere too and you can't uh, you can't write that down or you don't know how to spell Novotny or whatever go to the show notes magicalnadollar.com and click on the podcast tab and you'll see the show notes and you'll yep. we'll have a link to Brady stuff as well as, uh, Jen, as well as the website yeah and all that good stuff there Jennifer this has been wonderful thank Fantastic. you for spending an hour with me talking about Disney travel always my pleasure David it was great talking with you and I'm sure I'll have more questions soon so I'll talk to you soon <gasps> all right talk to you soon Hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you learned a little bit. Uh, it's always fun to get somebody else on the line who is uh, kind of your peer in terms of travel and knows as much as you do, or probably more than I do, actually. And it's always fun to kind of talk and ask those questions to kind of get their opinion on things. And so I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Again, find me online, MagicOnADollar.com. Find me on Facebook, Disney on a Dollar, as well as Magic on a Dollar, and on Instagram and Twitter at Magic on a Dollar. You can find this show on Spotify, on iHeartRadio on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Apple Podcasts. I'd love for you to go to all those places, uh, subscribe to your favorite place, or just subscribe to all of them. Rate and leave a review. A five-star review would be awesome. That would be fantastic. That's how the show grows. Tell the people about the show as well. Let them know that there's a Disney podcast out there that you listen to and you want them to listen to as well. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Hundred Dollar Podcast. Once again, thank you for joining us. And uh, Jennifer mentioned her husband, Brady. Brady being a musician. At the end of the show, after Katrina gives her little spiel uh, about where to find us and all, we're going to throw some music on there from Brady, maybe 30 seconds or 60 seconds of a Brady a Brady tune from Brady Novotny, so that way you can kind of hear his sound. We'll toss that on the end. I hope you enjoy that. And uh, for the show, for Jennifer, for myself, you guys have a great week, and don't forget to thank a Phoenician. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar, Facebook at Disney on a Dollar, and of course, magiconadollar.com. See you real soon.